the Twickenham CC podcast. My name's Dan Huff, I'm secretary of the club. Um, as you can perhaps tell, we're not just uh, releasing this as an audio pod, we are also releasing a video recording. I'm not at all sure this is a good idea, <laughs> but um, Eugene Berger on my far right tells me that it is. Uh, Eugene, how are you? You well? Well, Dan, keeping up with the times, I'm told, so you know. That's, that's what we need to do, is it's no longer about audio, it's now about video. Well, very much your job, not my job, to keep up with the times. I make it my job to not do that. Um, uh, also, pleased to have Ethan Wright on board. Ethan, you well? I'm very well, Dan, I'm very well. Hello, everyone. Good, good. And last but by no means least, making his uh, second appearance, uh, Knuckle Vishwanath. Hello to you all. Good. Second innings for me. Absolutely. Not out. Not, not out, <laughs> yeah, Yet. all good. Um, guys, where should we kick off? Well, I think it would make sense to talk a little bit about Test Match Cricket. Do we have to? I yeah. think we should, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I think we should. Um, for those who are not uh, completely up to speed, we are talking on uh, after the fourth day of the second test. So England have been doing well, reasonably well, Ethan, right? I very guess. Very well, very well. Um, I'm thinking some of our predictions that we made in the last pod are looking better than others. Yeah, uh, my 1-1... One, one, not looking so good. Uh, yours was? 2-2. Two, two. I'm, I'm, two, two. I'm oh, pretty yeah. happy about my 2-2. Two, two. You are in the game. Uh, Duster? 2-1 to South Africa, so You're... Still, still in the game as well. I should say as well, we managed to forget last time that you have the best nickname in the club, Knuckle Duster. Yeah. Which I I, I, it hasn't taken off in Where the way Where did that I come from? Well, I think it was because there's a couple of people that didn't really believe that my name was Knuckle. Yeah. So, again, in the spirit of coming up with friendly nicknames, Knuckle, knuckle duster, just seemed to stick. Yeah, it sounds very friendly. He's, yeah. pretty, <laughs> he's pretty intimidating. Yeah. 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 It was at Ben Oldworth, right? In the fifth eleven. Or he's the one who told me about it anyway. Maybe, actually, yeah. I, I've, I haven't kept in touch with Crouchy, but yeah, yeah. I think he, he was smart enough to come up with something. Was, like that. Knuckle was about sort of 14, 15. I was going to say, say, how long ago good. was this? Yeah, yeah this well, must have been... But do you not think the best nicknames are the nicknames that are totally inappropriate? I hope you're pleased to hear me say this. I can't imagine you ever attacking anyone with a knuckle duster, which means it's a great nickname. It's like mine of disco. It's the worst nickname in the world, in a way, because I'm just not going to ever do any disco dancing. But that's why it's good. So I, I thought it was a great name. Huge, what was your prediction? We didn't get that. Yeah, so um, I said South Africa were going to win 4 0. It's still on. I know. <laughs> we need to score a lot of runs tomorrow. I was, yeah. I was still being pessimistic earlier today, thinking we can still lose this. We, can, <laughs> we were 420 on ahead. I was like, we can definitely do, do you know what really? Do you know what made me think about it today was the 438 number? It's like, who declares on that one number that South Africa happened to score in a 50-over game? And what did our first-team skipper um, respond in the WhatsApp group to that? They were, like, a, yeah, yeah, they were a better side a <laughs> long time ago. Yeah, great yeah, players yeah. then. Carlos was like, yeah, but you know what? Yeah, <clears> I mean, I feel, I feel kind of optimistic a little bit. Um, oh, we've been there before. We know <laughs> what this is like. Go on, 312, are you going to get them tomorrow? No, it's <laughs> going to be a draw. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I think the guys are going to bat out for a draw tomorrow. I don't think we're going to... I mean, what, 90 overs, 312, that's more than, that's more than realistic in one day. So it's worth I, remembering, of course, when people are listening to this, the game will either be underway, if yep. they listen to it tomorrow morning, uh, or they'll know. Exactly. So there's, there's no way we can get so out of So you guys this. can tell us. Yeah. We'll <laughs> so, all look ridiculous. Yeah. So we, we might as well go there, given that some of our predictions have been so bad um, for the overall series. You, you are saying draw, seriously? Yeah, I'm saying draw. Okay, draw. How many wickets I, will SA be down, roughly? Nine. Oh, we're talking serious. We're talking, we're talking uh, uh, yeah, butt clenching. So 312, you're still going to be a fair way away from that, right? I think at least 100 away. Okay, wow, okay. Ethan? I think my, 
my brain is saying, oh, I've been in this position a lot of times with England and seen us not finish it. So, but my heart's saying it'll be fine. I'm going to say we, we will win it halfway through the final session. Okay. That's what I'm going to say. Duster? Yeah, I think, I think the romantic in me would love nothing more than to see, you know, Duplessis fading light, grinding <laughs> out a draw. What? Um, but hey, what? unfortunately, uh, I think England will be too good for, for that. And uh, Anderson and Broad, the institutions, will, uh, will clean up by before tea, I think. Yeah, I want to go there. And I'll, I'll say that now in the knowledge that this may well be completely wrong. <laughs> we're we're going to win. Hang on, so we're that's three win. to one. Yeah. I'll also say that it won't have anything to do with Don Bess. Um, which, which again might, <laughs> might, yeah, might might come back to haunt me, but I, I cannot see him making a, a big. I hope he gets a six. I am so setting myself up now, aren't I? Oh well, I've gone there now. I, I think I think we'll win, but I think it'll be um, it'll be Anderson Broad and and who knows Denley and. Kirk. I was going to say he yeah. looked he looked pretty good, right? Yeah. I mean, I watched a little bit of the highlights today and I saw him bowling pretty well. Yeah. Um, he did get me out once. Oh, I knew where that was going. A sense to a he did get me out once. Uh, okay. North Mid versus Twickenham got me out quarter slip. Good bowler there. Oh, well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> He's a gun. What, what about the batting? Yeah. So there you go, guys. Good, got him out early. Only three Englishmen have played test cricket with the name Dominic. Two of them are in this game. Who's the third one? Uh, Dominic Cork. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Only one Englishman, if he is indeed an Englishman, has ever played test cricket for England <laughs> called Kevin. I wonder who that is. Yeah. Just the way he'd like it, you know, to be unique. I'd have thought. Where do you find these stats? Oh, I don't know. Just that was on the B. That was on the. I'm not giving you credit for that. That was on the B. No, no. I, I, read, yeah. I think on Twitter somewhere. Yeah. No, I don't. I didn't make it up. I didn't go looking for it. But um, yeah, it was on Twitter somewhere. Genuinely, the best batsman England have ever had. He gave me the greatest. <laughs> he did. I have oh, in my era, in my era of watching England. He played the best innings I've ever seen. Which one? Uh, multiple. 2005 Ashes against, what year was it, South Africa, yeah. where he scored about 100 odd. Well, he didn't play against South Africa in the Ashes, but yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in I guess that works. Yeah, yeah. The next, uh, I think it was like 2000 2012? Yeah, yeah. 2011, 2012, where he, where he hit Dale Steyn everywhere when Dale Steyn was... In his, in his pump, yeah, yeah, yeah. None of you guys have seen Chris Tavare. Who? Yeah. <laughs> the, the older dudes will, will recall Chris Tavare made me look like Kevin Peterson. You know, he was that, you know, pedestrian. He was love brilliant. It. It took all day to score, I think it was 40 in <laughs> Australia ones. I loved it. Loved every minute of it. Yeah, yeah, His yeah. leave alone was good. Not brilliant, but good. Um, but yeah, Chris Tavare, look him Talking up. Talking of leave alones, what did you think of Sam Curran's leave alone? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was in the WhatsApp group saying, oh, it was technically a very good leave alone. Well, yeah, but part of the deal is that you sort of, it doesn't hit your stump. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it's not great. It cartwheeled back at least oh, yeah. eight metres. Yeah, yeah, it went miles. I think with John Trippett, who, who came up with that, it was technically a very good leave alone, which, <laughs> you know, uh, no. Well wasn't. done, Trippers. Yeah, good work, JT. <laughs> I, I like that. Um, so, okay, we're, we're going for, a, you're seriously going for the draw? Yeah, I'm going okay. for the draw, and you guys are all going for the win. Yeah. But Elgar's gone. I was just going to unpack that a little bit. Now, he's one man I thought, in all seriousness, if you were yeah. going to make a real go at this, he had a role to play now. So yeah. given that he's gone... Who's the stodgy one who's going to bat five hours? I think Fuff. So he's done it before in Australia on a flat pitch. He's batting for his country. That's where I think it's going to stay. Um, quite surprised um, that we've lasted this long. I have to say, watching days one, two, and three, watching how the ball was swinging and doing all sorts off the pitch, days four and five, it just seems to have become the M25. 
It's, become, I, it's got flat, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I'm that, very what, surprised. Cars parked all over it, or no? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. It's just become really flat. It's, it was, just, it's not doing anything. It was. It's from the one end where that crack was, and that was causing all the issues, and that seems to have flattened out. I think they put really the bizarre. roller on yeah. it. And, yeah. Bizarre. Nigel, well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that, that's that's intriguing. Now, um, it does make me think that you know South Africa looks nice this time of year. It does. Wouldn't yeah, it be yeah. wonderful if we were, I don't know, perhaps going to go to South Africa anytime <laughs> soon to, I don't know, even play cricket use? If only that were possible. Well, let me tell you something, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, Yuge, tell me. What There's a possibility know? we might be going. Um, and yeah, we, we spoke to somebody earlier today. And um, one of our um, partners, um, in actual fact, somebody that's arranging the tour for us, a guy by the name of um, Alan, he is actually going to provide us a video in a bit. I think we should go and see what he's got to say now, huge. Is that cool. okay with you? Cut to the VT. So this afternoon, um, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by Alain from Cape Town Cricket Tours, who is currently at the Newlands Test Match. Hello, Alain. How are you doing? Hi, Eugene. I'm uh, very, very good yourself. I'm very good, thank you. I have to say, I'm not as good as you. Um, obviously, you're at the Test Match at the moment, watching England play South Africa. On a Monday, which is, uh, which is fantastic. It's good for some, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. Some of us are a little blessed to be be working in the industry. And yeah, I've been here for the last few days and uh, it's been amazing. Fantastic. So you say you're today working. Um, who are you out there with? What customers have you got at the moment? And, you know, what's, what's the sort of plan? Okay, well, let me firstly tell you that I've got probably the best view in the house. Um, we're privileged enough to have a hospitality suite that's right next to the media center. So... Um, Calvin Grove end directly over the bowler's arm and my suite's kind of just to the left with the press box to the right and um, yeah I've got quite a few various different groups out that's mainly based around the test I've got a, a group from from Bristol uh, on a 50th so spectator kind of a spectator package for the for the test and then we've kind of done the accommodation a uh, couple of golf rounds, dinners, um, and so on. Um, and then I've got a couple from down south, so from Kent. Got a few people for the test match as well as golf. Um, got other few guests from the Liverpool area. Uh, we've been here for the first three days of the test, and they're busy safariing at the moment. So that they're at Tequila, the Killer Game Reserve, and then we've got other guests that are now currently at the, um, the other game reserve that we use quite often is Inverduan. So on the golf course, out for dinners, with cricket being, I suppose, the core and everything built around that. So it's been amazing. Absolutely. It sounds like you've got a revolving door of guests that are coming through your hospitality box. And I have to say, I had a, I had a look at some of the photos that you sent me earlier, and it does look like one of the best views in the house, that's for sure. Um, so talking of the view, how's the cricket going? Can you, can you give us a little bit of insight as to what you're currently seeing and how the test is poised? Wow. Um, yeah, the test is very interesting at the moment. Obviously, England's miles ahead. Um, but I guess, you know, <laughs> looking at who's at the crease and the, the batting lineup that we have and the fact that the track is, I think, pretty flat. Um, I don't know. I guess... I'm always a believer. We'll have a look and see what we like. I called um, probably about 120-ish uh, for one at the end of the day. 
and I'd be happy with that. Not saying that we would necessarily chase it down, but I uh, certainly think we're going to give a go at it. Um, I think we'll give a proper go at that. Excellent. Yeah, I have to say, when I saw the chasing score, I've had a quick look online and I saw 438. And it just reminded me of a certain game that I think South Africa played against Australia. I think that was the score, right? That was the score indeed. And it's been a bit of the chatter all in around the box. Um, and yeah, sorry, we just got an interview that's happening right in front of us. Um, we're going to be privileged enough to see this too. So we're doing two interviews. We've got a Sky Sports oh, interview happening directly in front while, uh, while we're shooting. So, um, yeah. Can you tell us who um, it is? I'm, Can you see who it is? Um, can't really see. Well, I, I do see who it is, but for the love of me, you can't tell me who it is because this, you don't I, know I who don't, they are. I don't, I don't recognize <laughs> it. I know the name. I know the face. Well, probably if I wasn't talking to you while doing this, then I would know who it is. But exactly, you, guys will, yeah. you guys will figure out who it is quite quickly. I might just leave this in this editor land and just see how it goes. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes there. Um, so talking yeah. of cricket, and obviously you're at the test match. We are with you in a, uh, just over a month's time. Um, I suppose it'll be a good idea now that we're in the new year to give us an indication as to who we play. Obviously, I know who they are, but it would be great if, uh, you know, if, if you could have that privilege of announcing who we're going to be playing against and sort of what the itinerary looks like from a game perspective. Yes, excellent. So we've got we've got four uh, tour matches booked for you guys, and um, the first one I was actually I've got the chairman of the first fixture of yours in my suite today. We finalising uh, finalising the match. So your first game is against the uh, Brackenfall Cricket Club. Um, yep. And Brackenfall, you would know uh, Chris Little, our brand ambassador. Um, was one of the first UK guys that I placed at um, at Brackenfall. Was really really well looked after, and we had Chris Dent that played for the first half of our summer. He's just left, and we've actually probably um, I haven't checked social media for a while today, but I think we've just announced that he'll be replaced by Miles Hammond, so another Gloucester boy. Um, so that's almost going to be a Brackenfall Cricket Club, uh, <laughs> let's say a Gloucester link 11 that we're playing against you. Miles Hammond will be available for that fixture. And um, yeah, he's probably going to be going to be playing against you guys. That's Sunday the 16th. Um, yes, that sounds about right, yeah. The very next day, Monday the 17th, very excited for this. It's uh, one of your sponsors, the, the Genesis brand. Um, the owner of Genesis plays for uh, Edgemead Cricket Club. We're going to be doing a a Genesis 11 at Edgemead Cricket Club against Twickenham. And um, it'll be kind of mostly players from the Edgemead Cricket Club and, you know, maybe a few of, of, of the Genesis brand ambassadors and people that might be available over that, over that period. But, but that's a very exciting one. Um, they've got something very special planned for you guys there during the course of the day. Um, yeah, that's Monday the 17th. Then you've yeah, got a few days off. Yeah, we are looking forward to that one. I have to say, talking to, talking to the lads and, you know how Siobhan has really come to the party in terms of sponsorship. The guys are really excited to come out and uh, really participate in that game and hopefully make it a good show for, for all people that are there. So, yeah, that's definitely one of the ones we're looking forward to. Yeah, that's going to be a goodie. Um, Pinelands Cricket Club, Thursday the 20th is the next one. And um, you're going to be playing against a combined Pinelands Cricket Club, uh, Darren Stevens 11. Darren Stevens will be out in, in Cape Town. He won't be playing for Pinelands this time, but he has uh, quite a deep relationship with them and um, played quite a few seasons with them. I want to do 
um, kind of showcase Pinelands as probably one of the best club vibes that I've personally experienced and, and the setting in the bar. And strangely enough, it reminds me pretty much um, of the same type of setup that you guys have back in Twickenham when I, when I visited last year. So it'll be a Darren Stevens combined Pinelands Brick Club 11 with the possibility of one or two surprises, which we won't mention just now, <laughs> that might be able to put in appearances within that game. A couple of other big name uh, players that have played um, for the Pinelands Cricket Club before. So we haven't secured it, we haven't finalized it yet. So we don't want to mention it yet, but we'll say it's kind of there, thereabout at the moment. So yeah, that's Thursday the 20th. Yeah, that all sounds very exciting, I have to say. But a, a nice announcement to come and you're mentioning the same sort of uh, bar environment as Twickenham. We're definitely in for that one too. Yeah, that's going to be a great one too. And then your last fixture is Friday the 21st against uh, Cape Town Cricket Club. I think it's a fitting way to end Cape Town Cricket Club, an amazing club where uh, one of our ambassadors, Adam Rice, currently playing for. Um, Adam Rice will be in that side, so he'll be, he'll be captaining the, the Cape Town side against you guys. And um, yeah, he was, he was in our suite yesterday and he spent quite a lot. Of, he's, been in, he's been out in Cape Town since I think, yeah, November of last year. He got married. So he's, he, got, he got married out here and he spent the, the first half of the season playing at Cape Town. And we've been doing a lot of work and uh, a lot of it has to do with kind of talking about that particular fixture. And they are planning a serious send-off for you guys. Um, so that's going to be a great one. Excellent. I have to say, the cricketing aspect of the tour, I know that that's one of the main reasons that we're going out there, but yeah, we're really looking yeah. forward to, uh, to what you've planned. Talking of other things that you've planned, are there any other highlights of the trip that you want to share with us? Uh, give us some insight as to what we might have in the bag, or are you keeping a couple of tricks up your sleeve for, for uh, later announcements to come? Yeah, let's, well, we'll always keep a couple of tricks up the sleeve. We like to keep a few surprises in there, but can certainly mention quite a few of, of the, what, what we have planned. Obviously, we've got a great a great wine route planned for you. Um, between, your, between your Monday and Thursday game, you've got a couple of days of activities and kind of, uh, you know, doing the touristy things and, and getting in and about around Cape Town. We won't mention the wine farms just yet, but there's a couple of special wine farms um, that have quite close links to your club anyway. Fantastic. Um, so we've, yeah, exactly. we've got the wine route. Um, we've got, oh, well, you guys will be coming here as well. You're coming to Newlands. Unfortunately, you're missing an international, international fixtures, but we've got a domestic fixture, the Cape Cobras against the Dolphins, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so th there'll be a game on the Wednesday, so between your fixtures on the Wednesday. And before that, um, something we'll probably keep the, 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 the bulk of, of a, I wouldn't say as a surprise, but to announce later, but there's going to be a, a nice charity component, which we've obviously worked quite hard on. Um, so I'm just going to say there'll, there'll be a bit of a charity component, a bit of social responsibility, and um, I think it's always good. Well, I think we collectively feel it's always good to do, you know, to tick all of those social responsibility and, and charity boxes. And we've got something yeah. very special planned. We'll announce that a bit later, I think. Fantastic. Yeah, we, we are looking forward to that aspect too. Giving back is definitely one of the things we want to do out there. So yeah, that sounds all very exciting. And then obviously uh, the last the last part of the tour uh, or the trip, I think we're also going to be spending um, one day at Aquila, right? Absolutely. So before that, we've also got a, a Newlands Rugby. We've got the Newlands Rugby Stadium. And um, just jumping to my tour, the current guests that I have in my suite at the moment, Everybody's talking about um, the British and Irish Lions in 2021, which is next year. 
and um, those fixtures will actually be at the Cape Town Stadium. So not sure if anybody's aware, but Newland Stadium is going to be no more. And um, so you'd have an opportunity to probably one of watch one of the very last Super Rugby fixtures at the iconic Newlands, which is a stone's throw away from where I'm sitting right now. Hundred up. Fantastic. Is uh, is that still for one, Alan? Yep, hundred for one. With the two local boys, um, Peter Milan and um, and Hamza in at the moment. I personally think they can bat all day, but we'll leave it at that for now. Yeah. So we got Newlands yeah. rugby, and um, you got an overnight safari with Aquila and. Yeah, I had uh, I had some of the Aquila executives in uh, our suite a couple of days ago, chatting about your trip as well, and and they they definitely looking forward to it and making preparations for that already. So I always feel that um, the safari would be the best the best way to end off um, to end off a trip to Cape Town. Excellent, Alan. Thanks very much for your time. Uh, this is going to be a great insert into the podcast and video blog. I know that you're busy recording video for us right now too. And um, yeah, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. And I can't wait to see you guys in person. Absolutely. Looking so forward to it. Um, we'll obviously catch up uh, during the course of the next few weeks with doing all the final prep, but looking forward to it, looking forward to having um, all the lads, everybody out, part of the group. The hotel is ready. I, uh, I had a meeting with the GM of the hotel uh, not last week or the week before, and everybody's ready to go. And and we're pretty excited to, to have you out. So looking forward to it. Thanks. Excellent. Thanks, Alain. Okay, well, that sounds like it's going to be a fantastic trip. I have to say I am um, deeply envious because um, work is keeping me here in the UK. Um, but one thing that occurs to me is, of course, the holiday is going to be great. And as Elaine's just said, you know, there's some fantastic excursions planned. But we are going to try and play a little bit of cricket as well. And um, we're going to play four games. And I'm just intrigued to know what Brits playing cricket in South Africa should expect. Is it basically the same game? Or, or are there things that you, as someone who's played obviously a lot of cricket in that part of the world, think people might need to bear in mind? Um, it might be slightly different to what we expect on the green. Well, if you go back... Do you get any drizzle? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it's normally fast, hard, bouncy tracks. Um, I've never played at the grounds we're going to be playing at, so uh, that Alain's mentioned over there. Um, my expectation is, is that there's going to be, if you don't have a lid, put a lid on. Um, and there's going to be, you know, depending on where you bat in the order, and we're going to make sure that we, um, we make sure the games are evenly poised, um, that the top order batsmen are going to get a peppering, and the tail enders are going to get a peppering, and the middle order are going to score runs. So you guys can pick your order. <laughs> That's pretty clear then. Yeah. Yeah. Five. Five. <laughs> Alcohol blackmail, I presume, yeah. is allowed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, effectively, it's hard, fast wickets, um, very quick outfields. Uh, it, it's, it's a really nice place to bat normally. Um, I, I can't remember, I, I, you know, coming from my, more sort of my, my art of cricket, if we can call it that, um, you know, opening bat, off spinner. I didn't bowl very much while I was in South Africa. Um, and when I did... There's a case for saying you shouldn't bowl very much here as well, but we'll leave that. Yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> I think that's, that's unfair. I think that's hard. That's unfair, that's unfair. Uh, I suppose that's why I bowl so quick, um, okay. is because I had to come up with some sort of idea to make sure that people yeah. couldn't... The ball wasn't turning, so I had to come up with a line and length and bowl relatively quick darts. So that's, that's sort of a, a skill. And, and you look at, you know, I don't know, Maharaj is a completely different bowler to me because he bowls, you know, much, much, much better, obviously. But Johan Boerter... 
if you can go back to that, that's a typical South African bowler. It's, you know, into you, quick, something that you can't really run down the wicket to. And, and, and that's effectively the wickets that we're going we're gonna to be playing on. But it's, it's interesting, Dan. Um, you know, our tour to South Africa is, is all about those wickets. You guys toured, what, 20 years ago to Barbados. How were the wickets when, when you were over there? Well, the, the irony is that I, I toured with my old clubs in 1999. I lived in Shropshire at exactly the same time in exactly the same place that Twickenham were touring. And I've got no doubt that I'll have wandered past Jono and Les in a nightclub because it was the same week. Um, and of course, I haven't got a clue who they were. So, so it, it was, in that sense, a very similar experience. Um, well, there's a couple of things I remember, and that's that certainly the West Indies, it, you know, the, the pace bowling thing was still strong. People wanted to bowl fast and quick, particularly if you were Johnny Foreigner turning up. So uh, as an opening bat, I, I'd always been taught by my dad that basically you don't cut or pull until July. Because otherwise you're standing up here, and I can do this because there's a video in front of us, and you're ready to pull into, oh shit, you know, I'm down here. Because it never gets up, you know, and, and, yeah. and wickets in England in April and May, no matter where you are in the country, it, they're slower and lower than, than, than what we experienced in, in, um, in, in Barbados. And that was, you know, April. So English mentality says, right, you know, you're playing in. Of course, you know, the ball's up here, and if you're a hooker, then you've got to go. So, so the ball's onto you quickly, and I felt that um, it was... The, the stodginess that became my forte just not really merited yeah. because if the ball was there to whack and there wasn't a great deal of movement off the seam it was about pace bowling and about, a bit about intimidation in a way um, you just play it differently and, and you know the, the big sort of Jimmy Anderson arcs were not really what yeah. I felt most run of the mill West Indians in particular were looking for like, is that similar in the in South you don't yeah. I guess have the same quite the same fast bowling culture even though you'd have plenty of quick bowlers yeah yeah I mean the, the easiest analogy that I can come up with is if you think of, you know, our best puller in the club, not talking about Reese Davies here, um, <laughs> um, I'm talking about Carlos. Yeah. And, and you think about how well he pulls the ball. Yeah. And as a South African, that's what you grow up doing. You just grow up with short peppered. And again, you know, I don't know, Carlos is probably a similar age, slightly younger, but we didn't have lids back in the day. So yeah. it was a matter of you had to hit that ball. Otherwise, it was hitting your, your, yeah. your noggin. So you what? Your noggin. Is that a South African word? I love the word. I just want to One of us now. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Your head? Your bonce. Let's go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your what, sorry? Bonce. I haven't heard that one. Yeah. So noggin, bonce, same thing apparently. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I mean, it, it was a matter of you, you had to hit it with a cricket yeah. bat otherwise. And, and yeah, I mean, um, we just grew up learning how to play the pull shot and, and probably off the front foot. Because you, you're trying to make sure that you, you score as many runs. And, yeah. you know, another, another great expert of his, and again, he's, he's Australian, is Ricky Ponty. Mm. You, just, you just grew up pulling yeah. um, off the front foot because, you know, people used to bowl there. Yeah. And I think that's quite interesting because for me, the hook and the pull was, was sort of an act of violence. And I see people who are not totally in control of their shots doing it in the UK. And they literally, they wind up and they just give it a good old tonk. Whereas I see Carlos pulling it. Um, and a number of other people in this club, and you can see they've done it through their whole careers. Yeah. It's not an act of violence, it's just like bang, there you go, it's four runs. And, and I think there's, um, technically, for a long time, English players were not good in that department because the wickets didn't really lend them to it. And I don't know what you make of it, Ethan, you batted at the top of the order a lot, were you? Yeah, I think, um, there's, I think it changes. I think uh, where I'm from in Suffolk is actually quite dry, usually. Mm -hmm. um, a, a few years we had some quick pitches where I played in Copdock and then up the road. Tell me again, uh, what's the name of your old team? Cop, just <laughs> Cop Dog and Old Ip Switchins. It's a good, good name. I love that. Good name. Um, there and also up the road um, at Ipswich Cricket Club, 
it's all really clay based, so yeah. quite uh, quick yeah. pitches. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think growing up for, for me, playing on those pitches, it was uh, there was a bit more pulling and cutting. Mm. Um, but I, I, I do think a lot of places, and I've got some mates from the north of England and who, you know, April, May. Don't put me Paul there. You're just not playing any back foot shots. Yeah. So yeah, I do yeah. think it's, uh, is, I think it is slightly different where you grew up in the country. But uh, yeah, I do think there's, well, there's obviously, obviously less yeah. of it than there would be in South Africa. I, I, do have, I do have one thing to say, though, is moving from Old Wildonians, which is in Surrey, to Twickenham. When I joined you six, seven years ago, I found that this wicket was probably the closest wicket that we had to a South African wicket. And I'd ask Knuckle, you know, you grew up playing on this wicket pretty much all of your mm. cricketing career. Mm. You know, how did you find playing on, 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 on the green? I think for starters, it's uh, certainly men's cricket. It is a game where you learn to occupy the crease. So whether it's, you know, you're playing an attacking game or whether you're playing, um, uh, a defensive game. You, you want to be there at the end when runs accumulate. Um, one thing I did always notice about Twickenham Green is not so much when it comes to batting or bowling, but when you're fielding. And that's a part of the game that becomes a little <laughs> bit neglected. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you play on beautiful, finely cut grass every single week where... I haven't no heard the deviation. Green called that before. <laughs> I don't think he is calling it that, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. My, my, my dad came and watched uh, last year for the first time. He came down and he's done quite a lot of, he watched me playing a lot back home. He uh, scored for the first team for Copthorpe. And he came back and he was like, I'm not sure we'd be allowed to play on that outfield in mm. our league. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you roll with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to some extent, you become a product of your, your own development. So you've mentioned, you know, you're very strong on pull. Yeah. You know, and in Twickenham Green, it teaches you to be fairly accomplished in ground fielding. So, you know, having played a number of That's years true, yeah. on the green, I feel like if I can field there, then I can probably field in most county yeah. clubs. So, um, Will you ever talk to Hook? Not, not specifically, no. I think that's... That uh, wasn't a euphemism. Because <laughs> anybody thinks we're back to Reese or something. No, no, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think because when you play Colts cricket, you play on AstroTurf yeah. and yeah. no one bowls quick enough to get it above yeah. waist height. So you're always you know, being slightly taller, you're always taught plant front foot and hit down the ground. Um, so me personally, I'm very strong square of the wicket on the offside, but I don't really have a, a pull or a hook shot that goes kind of aerial or keeps it down. I tend to just leave those. And then once you start to play adults cricket, as you said, you know, in April, May, the, the ball doesn't really get mm -hmm. up. So I've never mm -hmm. really been tested against those types of bowlers. It's at, a product of environment, really. At, yeah. at yeah. Our, our level, but excited to see what South Africa holds and uh, I'll be batting in the middle order, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> How long are the games going to be used? I don't think that came so up So we haven't actually discussed that yet. So okay. the theory is, is we want to try and start at a reasonable time because obviously the sun goes down a lot earlier in yeah, South Africa. Yeah. Um, and we also have, you know, part of the product of doing tonight with these, with these cameras is these are the interviews that we're going to be doing obviously in a shorter format. Um, in South Africa. Mm. So, you know, we'll have Knuckle, Ethan, myself, obviously you're not touring Dan, but we're going to be talking or whoever the match day captain is doing exactly this. And then we're going to do the editing and post it onto all of the different social platforms. But, you know, the, 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 the theory is, is that we want to try and play, we want to try and start 11.30. If we get 50 overs per game in, great. Um, we're not, we don't want to call them a 50 over game. We want to, you know, we want to declare and play some time-based games. So, 
Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Have, having having played a few games like that where you're trying to set up a good game, I do think time cricket allows you in this context. That's the yeah, important thing. Allows you to set up the game really well, and you know you can come up with a really good game. You can sort of manufacture it to a certain level. Yeah, and I think we've been quite honest with um, with the land and the clubs we're playing in, and then saying, look, we want to make sure that we don't go out there and what happened to Twickenham and Barbados and uh, and Perkins. Oh, really? Same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what might end up happening is we drum everyone because we've asked them for their fifth eleven. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, would say, I wouldn't underestimate that though. It, it's quite, it's quite grueling. Yeah. And you know, part of it's self-inflicted. You know, people don't go to bed at half past nine having had tonic water all evening. Um, but, but at the same time, playing four games in, you know, in a relatively quick far period for yeah. many people is is more than they're used to. So, and you notice it in the field. Uh, and what you heard when Alan was talking is we've actually got both of our games back to back. And the main reason behind it is we want to do other stuff while we're there. Yeah. You know, we've got the social responsibility, we've got our responsibility, we want to go out and have a bit of a holiday and fun. So we're making sure that we're using the time to the best of our ability, but we're also rotating the squad. I mean, there's 18 of us out there playing games. So hopefully, you know, everyone will play three games, i.e. some yeah. people will have days off. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Sounds watch, great. Watch the space. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> and we're going on, just remind me again, 14th. So we, we no. leave on the 13th. 13th. Yeah, we leave on the 13th and we land back on the 24th. Whether you start work on the 24th is entirely up to the individual. <laughs> I am. I think <laughs> I'm booked it in as leave that day. So Sensible move, I feel. Whether it's sick leave or uh, personal leave, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll leave that. I'm working from home day. on the 24th. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Thanks, boss. Yeah. <laughs> Marvellous. Um, thinking about South Africa and thinking about cricket abroad uh, made me sort of think as well about one of the discussions that's going on at the moment in the, in the wider world and that's about test match cricket and its duration. Now slightly ironic to, to bring this up given that there's a fifth day going to start tomorrow um, in England, South Africa and it looks to all intents and purposes like it's going to be a great fifth day. I don't think it's going to be over by lunch either way. I, I think there'll be plenty of good cricket played there but powers that be are talking about four-day tests. Thoughts folks? I have a number. So do I but yeah. I'll, I'll let other people yeah, have but, a... Um, but yeah, Duster, what do you make of it? Four-day test, the way to go? What's I mean, the rationale for it, do you think? Well, I think, I think the rationale is being driven from those that want to see results-based cricket in a shorter period of time. And again, I'm not necessarily one to align with this because mm. I tend to verge on the side of you know, have, keeping the game as pure as it can be. But, but hold on a minute, uh, I don't really understand that. Though. Australia just battered New Zealand again. Um, it ain't, it's probably going to be 2-2 in South Africa. Or it's, three one because it's, everyone's or gonna, four nil. It's it's, the, it's four nil. I can tell you it's one thing and one thing only. Yeah, and it's money. And it's more other cricket that you can get into the agenda. So it's, it, it's not only that; it's the fact that if you have to plan a stadium for five days, get all the alcohol in, get yeah. all the drinks in, get all the food in for five days, if it's over in three and a half, you're losing money on those one and a half days. That's plain and simple. They they want to try and make it as cost efficient as possible. But if you want to play test cricket and make money, you've got to do it and involve India, Australia or England. Everybody else, forget it. Yeah, you're right. always going to lose money. Just play yeah, T20s. Correct. So, I mean, if that's the real incentive, and I think you're probably right, it just makes no sense to well, me. Well, no, I challenge that because if, if we were able to bowl the right amount of overs per day, we might actually play proper cricket. They've been pretty good in South Africa. Yeah, they if have I this tour. If I keep practicing my football, I might play for England and Europe. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, that's possible too. So, so Dan, my, my theory here is, is that right now, on average, over the past 10 years, done a bit of research. 
I can tell. We I like him, where's yeah. this going? This is Wait, test cricket, test cricket, yeah. <laughs> test cricket has only bowled 79 overs per day, taking into account rain, etc., etc. Of the 90 overs, that's 11 overs short per day. If we are to go to five days, do we not make it an 80 over day instead of 90 overs? Why not make people bowl 90 overs? Keep going. Because on history, it shows that we haven't. Yeah, so, but we only allow to or go Or move to four days, over. you see. That's, you see, there's two, there's two conversations. Move to four days, add it, make, make it 100 yeah, over but, day. But I'm not, I'm not Start sure earlier. Because it. It, So you move into four days and then trying to still get people to bowl 90 overs, which they've proven physically incapable of doing, no matter what we've done. <laughs> but we start earlier. That's my theory there. Yeah, the in England is the ball's going to... 10 o'clock start? Oh, yeah. It's going to swing everywhere. And it's going to be moist. Jug, jug so it'll be a three-day test then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the, the argument's always been the other way as well, hasn't it? The argument has been that you want to have pitches that are flat as a pancake. You have chief executive pitches that go five days, 600 v 500, and it's a shit game of cricket, but you make your money because people still go. So yeah. I'm interested that it's not going the other way. And I think your argument's the right one. They want to play more one-day cricket, more T20, They want to fit it. So say if you've got, you know, five test series in the Ashes, if you reduce it to four-day test matches, you can probably fit another couple of T20s and a couple of one-day matches in. And they can, you know... Can make your money. They can make the money, can't they? Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and as a product, I already think that there is new interest being garnered to cricket via the 100 T20, why do we need to try and cannibalise, you know, a, a product that we've already differentiated, mm. which is test cricket? You're almost taking away from something that has done quite well and will appease, not the masses, but it will appease those that are already marginalised mm. by the sport. So I don't see there being a need to... Well, I think it's the cash. Shorten. More of those games version. equals more money. I mean, to me, it's... Here's, here's one more thought. Are we not being groomed to play four-day tests? Show me a country where they have a five-day uh, county cricket season. But the point, that's the point. Yeah, that's the point. You know, you get to this level, you've got even more time to show that you've got to get them out, mate. You can't just... What, it's the best bowlers? Yeah. Really? Well, I'm not saying it's the best batsman. That's, that's but the best is, bowlers. But the five-day test should give everybody... If you're, the, if you're a batsman, you think, right, well, bat three days and score 300. Right? If you're the best bowler, you've got more time to get them out. So if, show us how good you are. If you look at today's play, Sibley wouldn't have been able to bat the way that Sibley Yeah, batted. that's right. Yeah. If, if you go to a four-day test, Agreed, yeah. Sibley won't be able to build that innings yeah. and play for me, which, which I think was an absolute brilliant innings. What about Stokes? He won't be able to do that. That was great, wasn't it? Because <laughs> he'll have to play like Stokes, which yeah. will mean players like that won't be in the game. Yeah. But isn't, that, isn't the combination of the two what made that brilliant? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think that's what... Yeah, yeah. Test match cricket will miss out on if we go to four days, and yeah. it's it's all a money making thing, and we everyone knows that really. It's you know it's yeah. it's down for the the powers that be to decide what's more important, yeah. the purity of the game. Well, I think there's there's another element to it that I don't know if this is in the equation, but just thinking it through, it has to be, and that's that if you want this World Test Championship, you've got to have everybody playing everybody home and away, right? Mm -hmm. And there are now that's going to be quite oh, yeah. a significant number of fixtures for a significant number of teams. And I suspect that getting a cycle that means anything, so you don't just play New Zealand away once every six years or something, um, I think that's going to be quite hard. So I suspect having shorter Probably tests makes that, that cycle easier. I don't know that, but it, would, it would appear logical. I would also say, I went to the Ireland test match oh, yeah, yeah. Um, at Lords for two days, and that was fine being a four-day test match. Hmm. Because... I thought you said it was two days. 
Was that? <laughs> yeah, well, it nearly was over. Two well, Leach, Leach batted fantastically, didn't he? Because in that game, if Ireland were going to win that game or draw that game, they were going to have to pull out something out of the bag, and they were going to have to probably. It was probably going to happen in four days. Mm. It's the same when Afghanistan, I think, are playing Australia yeah. in a Test match. Yeah. I think that's fine having that as four days. I, I'm not so much of an issue about that. The issue I would have is if the Ashes went to four days or the mm. England-India series went to Making four different days. rules for different yeah. people then. If you just say to me, like, you know, obviously two weeks on Saturday, there's going to be the biggest cup shock in, in English football history when, when Shrewsbury Town knock out Liverpool. Yeah, but if you, yeah it, it's going to come in somewhere. <laughs> you knew it was. We got a small amount of Bristol City in a replay. First. But let's, let's put that to one side. But my point is, if you said to me, yeah, well, it's Shrewsbury Town, just play for an hour. It don't work, does it? No, no, I get that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking that I like that. If tests are going to work, they've sort of got to be the same for everyone. But I do think there's, a, there's an agenda issue, and I don't know what the answer to that is, uh, other than something's got to go. And yeah. if test cricket's not making you any money, and the push comes to shove it in. I think it, I think it comes down to this concept of what you're trying to get out of the game. Yeah, yeah. And how, which way you're going to push it, because cricket is going to change completely. If you, you, know, if you diminish test cricket... The game changes massively. It's already changed massively with the invention of 2020 and, and those types of things. And I think if you keep pushing it that way, the game will be completely different to the game we play out there. Mm. Because you don't get flat pitches where you can belt 200 off 15 yeah. overs. Yeah. The game will be so different playing on the park to playing mm. in d a stadium. It'll be, it, people will be, yeah. find it very difficult to say, oh, I play this on a Saturday. This is close to what I do yeah. watching a test match. I think that'll, that'll become more of an issue as well. Who's driving the four-day test agenda? I don't know that. I've got my suspicions as to who's going to be driving it. It's the ICC, I think. So, so that who, means India. Who did you... No, so India mm, opposed it. Really? That's well, interesting. Well, sorry, Varet Kohli has. Denounced? Yeah, denounced. So it's not happening then. Which means no, the whole clearly. of India disagrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tendorka came out and was against yeah. it as well. So. Okay, so, yeah. so which countries are for it? I don't know where, it comes, where it's come from. No, I don't. I, I know it's, it's going into the agenda for, I think it's for 2023. Right. So I think it's, it, it's, they're looking at it sort of a long term and it, it was a question that was raised and I'm not quite sure where the idea has sprung from, but Shane Warne's jumped on the bandwagon like usual. Mm. Well, whatever he thinks, I disagree with it. So uh, yeah, I can tell you that it's, now. It's the natural progression though. I mean, we, we started calling um, a certain uh, Australian cricketer different names. I mean, who's Labu Shane? <laughs> It's like now. Next thing, we'll be paying four-day tests. I mean, <laughs> what was the, what were you calling him before, Ethan? Labu Skagney. <laughs> That's close. That's Skag. Labu Skagney. I had some Skagney for dinner tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's batted well, though, right? Jeez. Well, he's come on leaps and bounds, hasn't he? I mean, yeah. What did they say? He's a poor man, Steve Smith, when he came in for the concussion test. Significant man, role. Man, oh last. man, yeah, who yeah. is eating his words now? He's got a great. He, he just the way he shapes up. We, when he actually we looks like a proper ashes, number three. Yep. You're looking at him like this guy can seriously bat. Yeah. And he he played for Glamorgan, didn't he? In the, and he's coming he back next year. Yeah. And he's so he scored the most. I I heard the stat today. He scored the most amount of first class runs this year in the world. Oh yeah. And guess who was number two? Oh, I like this. Um, number two, Steve Smith. Sibley. Was he really? Sibley really? Has, the, has scored Andy Sibley? No, not Andy Sibley. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, sorry. Uh, was the same thing. Well, simply, he scored the second most amount of first-class runs because he scored, I think, it was fifteen thousand. Yeah, shed loads. Yeah, in the first-class. Fifteen thousand. 
You mean 1500? Sorry, 1500. <laughs> I was going to say. I bought that as well. <laughs> <laughs> 1500. I like this time of year for those sorts of stats. So I don't know the answer to this. And I, I'm, one of my golden rules is don't ask <laughs> a question. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were like 15,000. Who's yeah. got the most test runs in, in, in the world this year? I don't know the answer, but I'm going to find it out as soon as I we actually think I, I think I know who scored that. Go on, who you got? Coley. I, th- I actually think I'm correct in saying you that. You think he scored more than Steve Smith? Well, Smith was Smith banned I, he for did. a bit, though. Yeah, he only played five this year. Well, he was banned. His calendar remember. year. Remember, he was banned yeah, for a while, yeah. so, yeah. Um, Labuskakhni scored 1,100, I think. Labuskakhni, yeah. Sound Welsh. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Virat Kohli scored 1,300-ish. Okay. Um, interestingly, wasn't sure we'll, we'll talk about this in the next podcast. I'm not going to go interesting now because we'll go on for days here. Anyway, next next podcast, we're going to talk about the top 10 of the decade in bowling wickets taken and runs scored over 2010 all the way through to 2019. You'll are be we? interested. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, we no. are. <laughs> it's so it's genuinely it's interesting. Do you know why? We're Most talking at the test level or for Twickenham? Test level. Okay, we could do both. We could. Yeah. Actually, I think I know who's going to win that. <laughs> talking of interesting stats, did you see the age of the other England players when... Jimmy Anderson. Oh, yeah. His first Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was phenomenal, right? It's amazing. I mean, the yeah. captain of England, when Jimmy Anderson took his first Pfeiffer, was 12 years old. And the rest of the team, I well, think... Well, I mean, that wasn't the one that really... You know, there was a couple who were like one. Four, current, yeah, yeah. four five, yeah. six. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Do you know what? That just shows Jimmy has had a fantastic career. He's now, what, taken the most Pfeiffers in England? Just overtaken both of them? Yeah. 20, yeah, we need, we need to come up with like a badge status on the podcast because Ethan and I are contending here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guys, I was going to sort of bring this back to Twickenham. Um, it's obviously deep midwinter at the moment, but it won't be too long before summer is with us and Nets are on the agenda to prepare us for that. They year. are, yeah, uh, correct. When do we start? 15th of January at 8.30 okay. at St. Mary's University. Marvellous. And there will be a way <laughs> of registering online? Is there that is, there is. So there you, can, you can already purchase your uh, slots. You can purchase... One session, two sessions, or four sessions. And it's cheaper to do it online, right? It is, most definitely. If you arrive on the day, we will charge you more money. So the answer is, or the question, or, uh, sorry, the, the ask is, please purchase in advance. Yep. Um, and you can pay cash or card, obviously. And to uh, stress, that helps us plan as well. It that, really is that, useful if we know who's coming. That's the important thing, yeah. Because yeah. Um, right now, we've only booked an hour session. Um, however, if we have 30 people arriving, uh, we'll extend it to a two-hour session. Yep. Or we'll extend it, instead of two nets, we'll extend it to four, snet, four nets. So that's the importance of, of registering online. It's, it's, it's very simply just for planning. It's got nothing to do with, you know, we want the money in. It's got to do with we just want to know how many nets yep. so that people get a proper batting ball. And well done for arranging it, Huge. Not, not the easiest to arrange indoor nets around here. There are lots of, lots of people going for the same slot. So, um, you know, the fact we've got St. Mary's is a good thing. And, and, you know, fair play to you for putting that up there. It was and, really and easy, to... actually. What happens on a Wednesday at uh, St. Mary's? It's a sporty day if it's, it's a university. It's, it's, it's the pub night for them. So huh. the hall is empty. <laughs> we go to the union afterwards. We can do. I like that. Oh, right. It's going to be 65 yeah. people registering now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Most exactly. of them the vets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we've got the nets arranged. That's, um, that's all done and dusted. So yeah, we're, we're in. Cool. And, and how else would one want to start a tour to South Africa other than with an AGM? Exactly. We have that coming up. You know, we you do. know you want to be there. Um, well, yeah, we definitely want to be there. Yeah. One, to have a voice yeah. and have an opinion What's on the, the club. What's the date again, remind us? It's the 10th of February, I have to think about yes, that one. Yes, it is. Um, it is exactly three days before we leave for South Africa. So it's important to, uh, to get there. Ethan, you're flying can on I the Can I vote by proxy? Of course you can. 
However, it won't be counted. I'm not sure you can. can you vote? I don't think you can actually. Well, you have to be in the room. We'll Skype you in. Can I send someone? <laughs> we'll Skype you in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, we'll Skype you in. We'll, we'll, find, we'll find a way. I'm yeah. not massively keen on elections at AGMs. I'm still scarred by, you know, you were, I don't think you were at the club, but we had an election for I wasn't fifth, even here. Yeah, fifth yeah. and fourth team captain. Were you in? I oh, thought, God, yeah. yeah, the decider. And um, it's the first time we'd had a genuine election for both posts. And the 15 1 went, went sort of okay. 15 1? Yeah, Hine, Hine won, didn't he? And that was fine, but the 14 1 was a tie. And so we ended up saying, right, okay. Who's a tiebreaker? What was the tiebreaker? Well, it was going to be um, the club captain at, at, a, at a sort of, a, you know, which way did you go? And said, oh, I abstained. <laughs> so it's like, oh my God. So, wow. so basically, the super over was effectively the committee met and talked to both parties and tried to soothe their way through to a. Who were they again? I'm trying to think. It was Chetanu Bali and. John Trippett, wasn't it? I might be corrected when I don't know. Chip was it Nihel? I thought Trippet it was Trippers. Was in it, but was he not going for the... Yeah, it was Trippers. And it was J.P. Bowman. Oh, I don't know. And it, it was That's how important it was. I'm psychologically scarred that I just blanked out. You know when you block stuff out, Because Janet bit me and I had to count the votes. And we counted about 15 times to make sure it really was a tie. Maybe somebody can correct us. Hey, who knows? We'll have somebody correct us. Look it up in the minutes, yeah. Cool. So the AGM, 10th of February. If you can't come, do let us know so that we can put your apologies on the list. But... The best reason to come to the AGM is that if you're there, you can veto anybody else putting you in a role that you might not want. Okay, it's the best way to say no. If you're not there, I know. who knows what you might end up with. Phil Walker was once voted in as captain for the fifth eleven because he wasn't yet. Yep. No, he wasn't. Can I give <laughs> Jeff my vote so he's got two votes? Oh, no, no. No. <laughs> just, I don't care what the Constitution says, that's, they're just not happening. <laughs> Cool, that sounds fantastic, guys. Now, we will no doubt reconvene before then to talk about um, how it did in, end up being 1-1 in the yeah. test series. And as soon as that happens, we're convening the next day. No. Uh, but I think we will chat in a couple of weeks. I'm interested to see where this series goes. Yeah. Um, and, of course, any feedback anyone has on our, our, our wonderful radiant looks uh, and, and our dulcet tones, we'd be really pleased to hear them. So, guys, thanks very much. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Cheers. 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 Cheers.